You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome back to another Page Turner with Big Dog and Little Stuff. I'm Stephanie Menard. I'm Tom Hutchison. And and we're here. <laughs> Finally. I know. After uh, what seems like forever. I know, and I feel bad because the last episode that we recorded had some sound issues, so I didn't want to put it out, even though it was filled with tons of great information. I'm still working on getting all the the little kinks. If I can get it to a certain level uh, of sounding good, then I'm just going to put it out anyway and just put like a sure. warning. <laughs> good information. <laughs> warning, Tom had crappy tech. Eh. It happens. And, you know, honestly, for the most part, didn't have with, you know, your old setup didn't really have too many issues. It was just for some reason the last time. I don't know what it was, but eh. I don't know. Well, going forward now, I have uh, I have real tech and, uh, you know, we should we should have a pretty good sound quality uh, for episodes six through one thousand. Yes. Oh, man, it's it's picking up that nice, uh, the dulcet tones that you have in your voice. I like it. Lovely. <laughs> I might start breaking out singing over here in a little bit. I'm not used to having like a mic in my face. Yeah. This is how Frank Sinatra felt, I think. Probably. It it, it it's definitely um a unique experience uh from for people who haven't podcasted before. Like when you when you first start to podcast and you you have a mic in your face, it 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 changes for the first few times you do it kind of at least for me it changed how like I got nervous. Even though I'm just talking, uh, <laughs> you're you doing know, the same thing, yeah, yeah, I'm doing the same thing that I would be doing if I was just sitting in a room with friends talking. But when you have a mic in your face, it all of a sudden becomes you, you feel like uh, I don't know, it, like I just feel like it makes it more like official. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're real now. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. It's crazy, but I'm used to it now. Now I'm like, put a mic in my face. I got this. <laughs> been doing this for way too long, but it's fun though. You're you're a pro. You're a pro. You're it's, a pro. it's good times. <laughs> uh, so our last episode uh, we talked about um, that hasn't been posted yet, but I promise as soon as I get it good enough, I will post it. Um, but we talked about script writing. So there's a lot of great information um, in that episode. So definitely um, when I get it posted, go back and check it out. If you're an aspiring certainly. comic book writer, because uh, certainly, yeah, there, we we had a lot of good things to say. It was very informative. <laughs> and then, well, <laughs> worst comes the worst, we'll uh, we'll transcribe it and post the uh, the one hour talk in uh, in notes in some way, shape, or form. There we go. We'll we'll boil it down to the most important parts for you guys. <laughs> yeah, those, those key clips, you know. Exactly the um the cliff notes. Cliff Notes version. Oh, very good. I like that. <laughs> I'm sure Clip we can manage notes. that. Cliff Notes trademark Stephanie Menard, Tom Hutchison. <laughs> um, so this is going to be our fun episode where we don't – well, I mean, we might talk about professional stuff because we have professional stuff going on as well. But sure. we're also going to talk about fun things like things that we've watched and things that have been going on in our world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know right now you have uh, – your Kickstarter is is running. Fresh Kickstarter, yes. Uh, launched it last Saturday when we were at Scarecon in Rochester. I was there with uh, Nia Rafino and CB Zane, a little horror show up 
up uh, north, northeast uh, or northwest of Chicago, Chicago, New York. Uh, so we had a good time up there. We launched the campaign. We're already funded. We're looking at hitting our our first stretch goal today. I think we're about three hundred bucks away from it. So uh, if you guys are into uh, either Oz or steampunk or westerns or just adventure in general. It is called The Legend of Oz, The Wicked West, and it is all of those things wrapped up into one big fun book. And it's a 40-page story that uh, it picks up where we left off uh, from the series you know, a while back, but it is also a good jumping on point. So if you haven't read the book before, you can easily just buy the regular edition if you just want to read it and you will know exactly where we are and where we're going uh, into the future. But if you want to catch up, all of the previous books are available too. Awesome. You got all the bases covered. I love it. Yeah, man. <laughs> you, like, may have the, you may have the podcast thing down, but I got the Kickstarter thing down. Now. Oh, you do. You 100% do. <laughs> I always I always look to see what you're doing with your Kickstarters because they're always run so well and you always have like really cool uh, rewards. So yeah, before I launch my next one, we're going to be talking. <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's we awesome. We can definitely do that. Yeah, it's I'm, it's fun. Uh, you know, it's it's always nerve wracking when you when you're launching another Kickstarter, especially when you're launching a new title. Essentially, I mean, it's not a new title, but it's new to Kickstarter. So we ran our Penny for Your Soul series one through seven, and we saw you know increased growth in backers and dollars every time we did it. But every time we did a a different title. And we've done a few different titles now. Um, we always kind of seem to stub our toe and we don't get that same uh, reaction from the other folks. Now, partially that's because not everybody likes all the same things. Just because you like Westerns doesn't mean you like superheroes necessarily. So if somebody writes one and the other, you might not buy both. But it is kind of interesting to see how, you know, we can do you know, 580 backers for Penny for Your Soul number seven. But for, uh, let's say we did uh, Antoinette, right? Um, our Antoinette number one, I think we had 300 backers. So it's just a matter of, you know, people deciding what they really want to read. And and uh, it, it's, it's, again, it's just one of those things where uh, social media in general and, and crowdfunding in general, it's really important to kind of maintain all of your numbers across everything that you're doing and kind of watch the trends and the, the ups and the downs and, and try and figure out, you know, why did the Penny guys not like Antoinette? Why did the Antoinette guys not like Critter? So on and so on. And that way you can kind of, you know, use all that information to your advantage as you go forward with all of these books. Absolutely. But you've got it. You've got on Aeonian, right? Um, or do you have something else sort of in the works? Oh, oh well, I've got, um, you know, issue threes in production. So yep. we'll be doing a Kickstarter for that. And should the book should be done by end of January. So I'm probably going to run it, you know, either toward the end of January, um, you know, give people time to recover from Christmas. Uh, mm, yep. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that'll be cool. And I've got a couple other projects that I worked on um, outlining and getting to the point where I could actually start writing the script uh, that sure. I'm really looking forward to doing. So yeah, it's going to be a busy year, man, but that's always good. Yeah, you're not, you're, not, you're not busy. You're not doing it right. I mean, comics don't stop. Only people stop. So if you stop your comics, that's that's on you. Yes, it's very true. And, you know, we all have those days when it's very hard to get motivated. Like this last week has been I, I've been uh, I got back from vacation. I went up to Traverse City for a week, uh, which is why we didn't record last week. Um 
I went up and did the whole wine tasting thing, which I've never gotten to do. And um, ever like ever since Friday, while, while I was still up there, I have been so tired. And I'm like, did I just like do too much stuff over like the the week that I was up there that I'm still recovering from? Oh yeah, it? that's that's the uh, that's the that's the aftermath of wine tasting is you know you just want to take a nap. Oh my gosh, like all the naps. I was driving here and I'm like, <laughs> I hope I don't take a nap on the air, man. <laughs> that would be bad, bad news. Uh, but yeah, so um, Traverse City was really awesome, and I came home with like nine bottles of wine. And uh-huh. uh, I tried some stuff that I've never tried and found out that I like rosé, which is very strange because I'm a red wine drinker. So, yeah, I found out something new about myself. <laughs> and I, now I have way too much wine at home. <laughs> I I have a feeling that won't be a problem for long. You know, you'd be surprised. Everybody, you know, like I'll I'll have like my wine table full forever. Like I go through spurts with wine. Like I'll, you know – drink like a bottle like you know a week for like a while and then i won't touch it for mm-hmm. for a long time and then for my birthday the other day my friend bought me a bottle of uh lagavulin 8 so i've got this beautiful bottle of uh, single malt scotch just chilling on my counter i have way too much alcohol for the amount that i actually drink <laughs> <laughs> It's a new. It's just a new collection now. Basically, yeah. Bottled beverages. Get the fancy bottles so they look cool on your shelf. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're also. I'm going to start taxing um, all of the um, scotches. Um, like I think 25 percent uh, tariff. Like it's going up by 25 percent. So all of these bottles uh, of whiskey or sorry of scotch uh, are going to be heavily taxed. And my friend. Um, that gave me the bottle had bought a bunch of it because, you know, he's a scotch drinker too and was trying to get in before it becomes extra expensive. It's already expensive enough, dude. <laughs> they don't have to up their game on that. <laughs> For sure, yeah. But they're doing it, so, you know, whatever. What are you going to do? I guess just not buy as much scotch? I don't know. <laughs> not like I buy a ton of it anyway, but, you know, it is what it is. So now I think we should... Just switch... Just switch over to White Claw. You'll be fine. Oh, my God. Ugh. <laughs> oh, God. I'd, I would rather just never drink again. <laughs> I just, That's I would kind just, of where I'm at. Yeah, I would just rather never, ever drink. You know, if I don't enjoy. I, just, I don't drink. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't drink anyway. And uh, I was out with somebody and and uh, she she drinks the White Claw stuff. Well, she drinks other stuff, too, but she drinks the White Claw stuff because it, she has some, like, allergies and things. So it's just an easy little thing to drink. And she says, well, you should just try this stuff. It's, it's got a little alcohol in it and whatever. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll drink a white claw something. So it was like, uh, I don't know, a cherry, cherry, something, whatever. And I was like, all right, fine. And, and I, I, I worked that can, uh, for a good, geez, I don't know, at least two to three hours. I don't even think I finished it. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, it's just like, I would just rather have a Pepsi. I mean, let's just cut to the chase. Give right. me the caffeine and the sugar and I'm good to go. Oh my gosh. There, there's some little kids outside the studio here that are trying to get me to look over at them and I can see them out of the corner of my eye and they're like making faces at me and like jumping up and down. <laughs> <laughs> see, you are a star. Isn't that what happens? You know, these sportscasters go out into the wild and like you have a crowd behind them cheering and, you know. Yay! 
I don't think they were cheering for me though. I think they were they were just trying to you know get me to do something stupid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can do that on my own. I don't need help. <laughs> I'm pretty good at doing stupid things. <laughs> it's it's a it's a talent of mine so um it's we're getting close to halloween man it's uh yeah less than a week away yeah, I do believe. i'm gonna actually be at uh creative comics 2 down in monticello indiana on saturday for i guess what happens uh with comic book stores now is they have a, a halloween fest of some sort that that is put on you know through the industry kind of like free comic book day and things like that so there's a halloween version of that uh that is taking place at comic book stores around the country uh this saturday and so i'm going to be cruising down to creative comics 2 and uh doing a little halloween fest signing this weekend that's really cool. I didn't realize that that was because I had seen stuff on Facebook, but I didn't realize it was like all over the place. I thought it was just like this one uh, team was doing it at a comic shop. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously it's always at participating locations, I guess you'd say. But um, for the most part, it is like if you go into the Diamond Previews catalog uh, and you're and you're ordering stuff for October, it is kind of set up like Free Comic Book Day, where you can order these specific Halloween style things. Um, I guess to to give away to trick or treaters at your store and, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's been around for a few years. Um, I don't know that it's quite caught on as free comic book day has, but, uh, you know, anything that, that gets marketed to, uh, get people into comic book stores, I think is a good thing. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there's a lot of great, uh, horror comics out there. I mean, for kids of all ages up to, you know, 18 plus, like there's a lot of really great horror. So, uh, it's a good, it, for me, it makes me happy because it showcases the spooky stuff and that's kind of what I love. <laughs> so it's sure. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and the spooky stuff is, is, I mean, it's trending heavily right now. I mean, movies and TV and, and, and comics. I mean, it's the, the spooky stuff is, uh, is where it's at sort of right now. So, um, you know, you you do some horror stuff. I do a little horror stuff as well. So, uh, you know, it's it's good to it's good to see things that you do become, uh, you know, sort of aware in the public eye. Uh, you know, we still have to market our brands because people don't know necessarily what Aeonian is or what Ursa Minor is or anything. But um, at least we can uh, become part of the conversation. Absolutely, I love it. Now that I know it's a thing, I'm gonna uh, push to find somewhere to get me a signing next year. <laughs> Yeah, do it I, this year. You go just just talk uh go talk to Chris. Comics and more. He'll let you come in. I I'm know. sure he's I'm sure he's got to be doing that. And you know, he'll probably have the the pooch there with him too, so I'll get my my snuggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's always a good thing. That's what I look for when I go to any new place. Do they have a dog? Cuz that makes me happy. Uh I went to I think it was Traverse City Whiskey Company and they had this beautiful um golden i think it was a golden poodle and she was only seven months old and she was huge and she had this soft curly fur and her name was isla and she like greeted us at the door when we came in and walked us over to the bar like it was so <laughs> cute i'm like i'm i'm obsessed with this dog so of course you know i take a photo and i put it on my instagram and i tagged you know Traverse City Whiskey Company. And they were like, oh, our dog made the Instagram. And I'm like, yep. She's so, it was, it was amazing. I mean, the alcohol was pretty good, but the dog was the best part. 
They usually are. Yeah. Yes. Any place that has a dog um, that wants me to come visit, just let me know because I'm there. <laughs> I don't care what it is you sell. If you've got a dog there, you've got my attention. <laughs> we had uh, – when I was still married, we had uh, dogs. We had Mastiffs and um, a couple of shows actually asked, asked us to bring the dog. So we actually had – justice at one of these shows in her her crate uh it was one of these fold up you know canvas crates and you could unzip the top so we would put her in there and just unzip the top and let her just stick her head out because they're massive so they're big old dogs and uh you know the people would just come by and and pet her and she'd be in in seventh heaven and uh it was a it was a rather unique experience to just you know have your dog plopped at your booth I would love that. I, you know, I, I, that would make doing a convention so much more fun. I have had conversations with, uh, my con wife, Tara, um, about, she's like, you need to bring Alia, which is my, she's what, nine months old now? Yeah, my nine month old hound mix. She's like, you need to bring her. She's so cute. Everybody will love her. And I'm like, I know. And she's going to love everybody. And that's the problem. <laughs> she gets so excited. And she is like, yeah, a, you got a, a wiggle monster. Like, I, yeah. I, I couldn't you gotta, contain her. You got to lock them down. <laughs> yeah. And she would <laughs> you hate gotta lock that. Them down. You got to bring a crate. She would hate that. So, I mean, as much as I would love to be able to bring her, I also know that I can't. So, I, she's with me in spirit. <laughs> and yes. if anybody wants to see her, I have plenty of videos and um, pictures on my phone. And I am more than willing to share those with people. <laughs> um, I'm that dog mom. That's me. <laughs> well, that's all right. So, speaking of it getting close to Halloween, we got we got to talk. So, okay, I've watched a lot of things since the last time we did a show and talked about. I have too, but it's not going to be anything that uh, is going to necessarily translate to horror talk. I think I've been binging some very odd things of late. Well, that's okay because <laughs> not everything that I've watched recently has been horror. I've watched some um, good. There's there's other stuff I want to talk about that I haven't even seen yet. So I just want to talk about it because, I mean, why not? I already yeah. basically know the whole movie. It, and by that, I mean Joker. I have not seen it yet. Oh, okay. And it's fine. I mean, I already know what happens and, you know. You know what happens by the trailer. There's nothing. Yeah. There's, there's literally no surprises. Exactly. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, But I've just seen so many people talking about it. And I haven't had a chance to go see it yet. But um. One movie that I do want to point out that is on Netflix right now uh, is called Eli, and it was actually rather good. Um, so if you're into horror, it's it's this kid. His he's like really sick, and his parents, you know, spend all their money trying to like get him well, and they find this place that guarantees that they can you know make him better. He's essentially allergic to like everything. He has to live in a bubble. So um, they take him to this place and things start to get creepy. And that is all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, but if you like horror movies, that is on Netflix right now. And I recommend it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was a good time. So that's, cool. that's my first I, I think, recommendation. I think I, saw the, uh, I think I saw the picture of that somewhere. Like as I'm floating through all the new stuff uh, on Netflix. But I have not gotten to that yet. Yeah, a lot of the Netflix good. stuff kind of seems to be up and down for me. So I don't I don't really, you know, dive into it immediately. I kind of just I find it on my own time, I guess, but um, you know. Yeah, and I that's agree. Just me. 
No, I totally agree. Honestly, the I went past it like so many times and watched other stuff. And then I was like, I, I was at home with the girls, my dogs, and I was just like, okay, well, let's just suck it up and try it. Worst case, I've wasted an hour and a half of my life, you know? Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last time. So. Exactly. Yes, it is fair. Yeah, so, but it turned out well. Um, Good. The dogs liked it too, but they fell asleep about 20 minutes in. So <laughs> they liked what they saw. <laughs> Two paws up. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check that out um, if you're into horror movies. Um, what have you been watching lately? I'll wait. I've got a whole list of things and I'm not going to just sit here and blather. Oh man. I mean, like I said, I'm all over the place. Um, uh, I I have seen Joker. Um, I don't know why I rushed out for it, to be honest, because I was really not that interested. I knew that Phoenix was going to give a good performance, but, uh, I'm, I'm so kind of over the Joker. Uh, as a character, he was never a fan. I, I was never a fan of the character. I, I didn't really care about him versus Batman. Like it just, it, it's just, it's done. Um, but, uh, I started to hear all of this complaints about, you know, um, oh, gun violence and so on. So I was like, I, I don't know if that's really what this is going to be. So I went in to see it and, and it wasn't at all what it was about. I mean, gun violence is like the bottom of the barrel of the, the social awareness element of this, this movie. It is uh it is a very triggering movie, which is why I think it's, it's connecting to a lot of people because it is about a dude. Uh, I don't think this is really a spoiler. Uh, it's about <laughs> a dude who has mental health issues and um, you know, it, it deals with some of his, uh, uh, you know, doctors and how they treat him and, and so on. Um, and, and in the end he becomes a joker surprise, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and I think that's why people are connecting to it because there really aren't at, at least from a big movie standpoint, like there's tons of little art films and, and like Netflix, Netflix films and so on that deal with things like this, but to actually put mental health on the essentially the grandest scale of, of all in Hollywood, which right now is a comic book movie. Um, that I think is registering with a lot of people and, uh, and, and the movie's doing, you know, a billion dollars in, in, in a month. So, um, I, I personally, I don't think it was a great movie as far as like its execution and, and so on. Um, but it's fine, I guess. And, and it's, I think the thing for me ultimately is that it's not a Joker movie. It, it, it is a movie about a guy who has mental health problems, uh, societal problems, anxiety, and so on, um, who ends up being the Joker in the end, but it really isn't a Joker movie. And so I feel like you could have told this story completely a hundred percent without the actual Joker element. And so that kind of threw me a little bit, but, um, uh, it's not a bad movie by any means. And, and I think that the message in it is probably more important than the fact that it was the Joker. Right. And, you know, I, I heard that, you know, it, it's essentially it's an adaptation of the Joker. It's not meant to be connected really with any other versions of the Joker. So right. if you take it like that, then, I mean, you, I, it does sound like, that. yes, they probably could have done it with anything else. But right now, even uh, a superhero or a supervillain movie, like those types of movies are popular. So connecting it to yeah. the Joker, I mean, automatically brought people, you know, to the to the theater. 
Uh, absolutely, yes. So and, and hopefully marketing. people are coming out. Yeah, and pe- hopefully people are coming out of it with an, an understand a little bit more of an understanding to some degree of you know how people with some of these uh, mental issues, what, regardless of what they are, um, kind of deal with on a daily basis. And I think that's the key element here. Is uh, uh, and and I don't know if you could have really marketed it that way. So I understand why it's it was marketed as it's the Joker and he's shooting some dudes, but I don't think you could have marketed it as, hey, he's the Joker and he's got a mental health problem and he goes to the doctor a couple of times. Like you can't market it that way. But that's ultimately what the movie is, and and it's it is an important message. So attaching that to the comic book, you know, craze in films was uh, was smart. Um, whether this film existed in a script form prior to being attached to the Joker or not, who knows? But um, attaching it to the Joker was was brilliant in at minimum uh, the way that you bring this issue to the public. Oh yeah, and you know we we've all seen the state of uh, the United States, and I mean all around the world. But here we have we have a pretty big mental health problem. It's led to a lot of gun violence and and. Uh, and shootings and it's a, it's a it's a hot button issue um and i that's why i think some people were saying oh this is going to promote people to do this but i from what i've gleaned from the conversations i've had with people who have seen the movie um it sounds more like it's not glorifying it it's just showing it for what it is absolutely and and sometimes that can that's you know it's going to be hard to watch it's going to be difficult because mental illness is difficult and hard to watch somebody go through let alone yeah. you know so i'm i'm glad that they i think we needed a movie to to show people what mental illness can look like and uh especially in in the times that we live in now man it's just oof there's just so much going on we just had to, you know not to get depressing or anything but we just had two shootings uh in metro detroit uh, one in East Point, which is where I used to live, and then one at some other bar. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, I think was it Dooley's? Maybe that might have been it. Um, but like, I mean, and people were killed, and it was like one guy got cut off, and he got mad. This doesn't have to do with mental health. I think he was just drunk and an an a hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, like these issues are affect people all over but i think it takes more than just being kind of drunk and a jerk to go in and and shoot at strangers there's something sure. else going there's on plenty of people that get drunk every day that don't go and shoot people uh, that <laughs> so is there's, correct there's always there's always <laughs> levels to to what you're seeing and and who you're seeing it from and uh, there's always more backstory that that we we don't usually get to hear right so yeah i'm i'm it, it makes me glad that you know it it's showcasing something that is very relevant to the world we live in and maybe it's going to give people it's going to open their eyes and maybe they'll be more accepting or understanding of what some of their friends might be going through even if they're not going through it and uh you know hopefully nobody actually turns into the joker from watching this movie <laughs> yeah no the joker is not a roadmap to anarchy it's just a you know, it's a film about a dude who had some problems, and uh, in the end, he decided to take this path. But it is not a, you know, how-to book by any means. Right, right. It's not the anarchist cookbook, you know, Correct. showing you how to do all these <laughs> terrible things, <laughs> which is good. That's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still going to go see it, even though I, you know, I know 
pretty much what happens. I'm just I, I Joaquin Phoenix is a, a very good actor, and I don't necessarily like him as a human being. I don't know much about him actually, but he's always delivered you know good performances. So I feel like it's sure. worth you know spending the money and time to go check it out. Yeah, yeah. I I I won't. I wouldn't uh, dissuade people from seeing it. I, I'm not telling you that it's a bad movie, but uh, just be aware of what it is because it will potentially trigger a lot of people in a lot of different ways that you're not expecting and and gun violence is the bottom of the barrel of that it's it's uh it's it's barely a thing all right and i'm sure you've probably seen this movie i'm guessing i'm falling down with michael oh, Douglas. Sure, yeah. everybody's making the comparison between the two and falling down is one of my all-time favorite movies because again it's it's uh, the picture of the middle-aged man who has so little going for him and in all of these problems in his life. And he has mental illness. It's very clear. Um, and then he's just sitting in traffic and he, and he snaps and he goes kind of just further and further down the rabbit hole. Sure. Uh, very great movie. And I didn't feel like that one glorified, you know, violence either. It was just a, a, the, a picture of a person going through something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, if you haven't seen Falling Down, but you've seen The Joker, well, then go see Falling Down. I mean, it's an older movie, but. Yeah, do yourself a favor and, and see Falling Down. And and what's funny is you're talking about these movies that come out as being glorifying violence. And then you have things like John Wick and Zombieland. Oh, who yeah. are just nothing but violence and there's no there's no pushback on those films whatsoever now maybe with zombie land it's because it's it's zombies and it's kind of a fake but um you know there there are so many films and tv shows that are just loaded up uh with with guns and knives and blood and killing people uh yet it it's these kind of unique films like the joker that that get crap for you know, some assumption of what it's supposed to be. And, and it, it's kind of crazy. You, you really need to not listen to the media when it comes to this stuff and just kind of decide whether you want to see these things for yourself. Um, because oftentimes you're going to get something that uh, you didn't expect. And most of the times that's a good thing. Um, you know, the, the, trailers and and all that kind of stuff it's like uh you know they're designed to kind of sell the movie in a specific way but um even in the trailers like i said the joker trailers they don't really show you what this movie is and um you know but all of a sudden here's all these uh groups oh my gosh it's going to be guns and guns and guns and it, it just isn't it's like these people don't even see the movie and they put out a review saying it's you know it's glorifies violence i'm like you didn't watch this movie uh so right. you know don't don't worry about reviews stop worrying about rotten tomatoes and what they tell you and uh just dis- just make a decision on your own if if the joker is an interesting character to you if john wick is an interesting character to you if uh uh, 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 who are the guys? Woody Harrelson shooting a zombie's head is entertaining to you. Then just go see it and and stop worrying about what the rest of the world tells you. Exactly. I mean, I love John Wick. I loved all of them, and yeah, like that. The whole movie is violence, and I think that people are okay with it because it's it. it he's killing the bad guys, so that's okay. It's okay if you go after what, you know, people think are the bad guys. Uh, and in a lot of like action movies, that, that's kind of how it rolls. But John Wick is just a beautifully shot, uh, series, in my opinion. I think that it's, I'm not really a huge like action movie person, but I just absolutely love John Wick. So good. 
Well, and we just had the, uh, the Rambo movie come out, which is, again, it's just, it's just a violent movie. It's an action movie, but what, what came out of Rambo, which was unbelievable to me. And again, it's like people didn't watch the movie is all of a sudden they're saying, oh, well, Rambo's racist because he's shooting up these, uh, these Mexican, uh, sex traffickers and cartel guys. He's, he's, he's going into Mexico and killing. I'm like, dude, did you watch this movie? He, he lives with a, uh, a Mexican woman. He helped raise a Mexican uh, daughter, uh, not his daughter, uh, uh, you know, relative. And he goes into Mexico and kills these people because they kidnapped the girl and trafficked her. Right. Why would you not go kill them? This is not racist. What are you talking about? But this is where we're coming in with all these, you know, reviews and people have their own, you know, imaginations of, of what it is that they're seeing, but, uh, they're not real. It's almost like they're coming out and, and writing reviews with agendas of their own versus just saying, Hey, you know, Rambo killed some Mexican dudes, but it's because they killed a bunch of people and trafficked a bunch of girls. I mean, that's not racist. <laughs> no, that again, that's that is you're killing somebody who's the bad guy. It, it has nothing to do with anything else. They've done something horrible. It doesn't matter what nationality they are. That's that is a sick crime, and it's it's Rambo. What do you think he's going to do? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, this is this is Rambo. Five folks. I think we know kind of the mo at this point. Right, right. It, it should be. It shouldn't be a shocker to anyone. I haven't <laughs> seen. I haven't seen it. Um, and I didn't really hear any of the controversy over it. But then again, I I tried just not to listen to any of that kind of stuff. Just I just go see what I want to see and yeah. don't see yeah. what I don't want to see. <laughs> Absolutely. It it usually works out all right. The way um, it should be. Yeah. Uh, I recently saw uh, this movie that I found. I have um, Shudder, which is that horror streaming service. It's like five bucks a month. And a lot of times, like, you know, they have a lot of, like, like more culty, like cult classic type movies. Some of them are just, like, really weird. They're not – you can find some great stuff on there, but – you can also find some real turds. Let's just be honest. Um, <laughs> so I was, uh, I was looking the technical, f- technical film term. Yes. Turds. Okay. Making sure. <laughs> it's very, it's very technical. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I was looking through it the other day. Cause I was like, okay, you know, I've already looked through Netflix. I've already looked through like, you know, Hulu and prime. Let's see what's on shutter. And I found this movie called the furies. And the description was just like, you know, a bunch of girls get like dropped into the middle of the woods. And so the premise sounded really stupid. But I'm like, you know, it's a newer movie. It might be okay. Again, it it could be trash. It could, you know, you just go in and you watch it. So I did. And it was surprisingly one of the better, um, horror movies that I've seen in a long time. It had, there was more to it than what was in the explanation. And I don't really want to give any of it away because in order to appreciate it, you have to kind of watch it. Cause at first, um, I was really confused as to what was going on. I'm like, there, you know, but you start to pick up these little pieces as the movie goes along. And, uh, the end is very satisfying. Um, there is, you, you learn a lot about, uh, your main character and which, in a lot of horror films, that doesn't happen. Um, so I appreciated that. Uh, there was there was some growth there, which I always appreciate in a, in a good lead. And some of the damn best 
gore effects I have seen in a million years. Like I need like to practical find... effects. Oh yeah, practical. I mean, mm-hmm. just like I wish I could just make a montage of every like gore scene in this movie and like show it to people and be like, "This is what gore should look like in movies." It was so good. I don't like love gore, but if you're gonna do it, do it right. And they did it. So if you're into like splattery, gory, uh, horror fun, then the theories is for you. You could probably rent it somewhere else other than Shutter. It's probably on like YouTube or Prime or something. I don't know. Whatever. It was. It uh, it sounds familiar. Um, I I I mean, there's probably been plenty of movies called the furies or, or whatever over the years, but it, it does sound familiar. So I will, uh, I'll definitely take your word for it and have a peek. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, if you're going to either watch that or Eli, it depends if you like more gory stuff, then go for the furies. Uh, if you're not so concerned, actually, you know what? I would say go with the furies first either way. Cause I, overall, I think that was the better of the two movies, but they're uh, unless- both good. Yeah, unless something is just purely, clearly camp, um, I've I've kind of moved into a situation with my horror where I kind of want a story more than I'm worried about how much blood is on the screen. I guess I've I mean I've been I, I've been around the the horror genre basically my whole life. You know, I I came in with the when when the VHS straight to VHS you know, craze was happening and there was just a ton of all this horror stuff coming out, the mutilator and all these things. I I've seen all of that. I've, I've been there. So now I either want to just have a, a movie that understands what it is and just goes campy and has fun with itself, or I'm looking for something that's a little more, uh, d- you know, deep in, in, in what its story is. Um, and so many of these things kind of fall in the middle of the road and I just can't, I, I struggle paying it, you know, sticking with them, uh, through a lot of these things. Cause it's, it's so much of it is just derivative of, you know, what us old people have seen, uh, you know, over the, the decades of our life. So, um, it's, it's tricky to find stuff that, uh, that really latches onto me now. Oh yeah, I know. And I, and I totally agree with that. I'm not into, um, like torture porn. I don't want to see a bunch of people getting tortured. I don't think that that's scary. I think that that is gross and it does nothing for me. Um, I mm-hmm. don't, you know, I usually don't watch slashers. That's usually not my thing. I have watched them like Nightmare on Elm Street is my, uh, is one of my favorites. I also loved Halloween. Um, but you know, like that's, Generally, I don't go for movies that are just like, oh, a bunch of people are going to die or get tortured until they die. <laughs> like, okay, um, no, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, like, if it's just for fun and you have a bunch of people over, you throw on a, you know, a Jason movie, whatever. Like, that's great. But I agree with you that I'm looking for, for more. Um, when it, I, I want my horror to be smart. I want it to actually be scary and not rely on just like a bunch of like, crazy deaths like so we'll say something like um final destination i absolutely love those movies i thought they were i watched all of them and for what what they were i really liked them um but it played on you know a gimmick it played on okay let's find the most screwed up way we can kill these people um and you know just reuse the same you know oh we escaped death and again 
I thought they were a lot of fun, but I also they there wasn't a whole lot of substance to them. Yeah. If you really look at it. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a difference between like I can watch something like that and find it entertaining, but it's not going to be like, you know, The Witch or, um, you know, Rosemary's Baby or right. The Exorcist or, you know, right. like my top, you know, 20 horror movies. It's just not going to it's not going to get there. Well, even with uh, even with the slashers, at least at least from when you were dealing with them in, in the 80s, 70s and 80s, um, Jason and Freddie and, and Michael, I think those characters survived over so many movies because. Um, even though they're slasher films, they built on themselves. So each movie was was continuity based, at least to some little bit of a degree. So um, so many of these are just one and done slasher movies where it's just, oh, here's a guy killing cheerleaders this time. It's like, OK, whatever. But when you're done with it, you're you're done with it. Whereas, you know, Michael and we all know that John Carpenter didn't want them to be siblings, but we got Halloween, two, and they were suddenly brother and sister. And then Halloween four and five. And they kept building the story along with killing off, you know, the local teenagers. And I think that's why those kind of characters survived and thrived the way that they did into, you know, the pop culture verse that they, they exist in now. Um, and, uh, uh, so I think that's why they're, they're a little bit more watchable than your, your general, I'm killing some people this week movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I think I might kill some people this week. Yeah, it could be I'll cool. I'll go ahead and kill off some cheerleaders this week. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of what the movies are usually. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. And like, so, um, uh, the babysitter, which is, I think we yeah. talked about this before is a great one because it's funny and yep. it, it's, it, it's doesn't take itself seriously. It has a lot of, it's no. just goofy and it has a, it's slashery, but not like, you know, it, that that movie was good because again, it didn't take itself seriously. It went campy. It went yeah. goofy and things like that. It, I mean, it's great. Absolutely. It understood what it was and it just ran with it. And, and that's, that's the, the absolute perfect way to deal with those, those tropes and those things. So, uh, I'm pulling this one from my, uh, from a couple years ago. I saw it when it first came out. Um, it's an IFC film. It's called A Dark Song. If you want, if you want a horror film that is beautifully shot, um, well written. I mean, the story, I wish I would have written it. And I actually tweeted, uh, after I saw this movie, I was so impressed. So, you know, I tweeted and like tagged like the director and, and, uh, the writer and, they responded and they were like so cool and they were like so appreciative of my love for their movie. And, and I'm like, <laughs> but it's it, like, it's so good. And it was one of those movies that nobody I knew had seen. And usually with scary movies, I at least have somebody to talk about, you know, these movies with, but nobody had seen it. So if you get a chance, um, to watch this, you know, for your Halloween, uh, scares or whatever, um, a dark song and it's not going to be no it's not a jump scare movie it's not like a gore fest it's a very well written well directed uh movie filled with dread and sadness and like all of these complex emotions very very good okay so I'm just throwing that out there yep i almost forgot about it and then i was like wait a minute <laughs> i got it now um, let's see. Oh, Castle Rock is back. Did you watch Castle Rock on Hulu? 
No, I don't have Hulu. Oh, man. Okay. So I'm a Stephen King fanatic. And even all the negative things that people say about him, I don't care. I connect with him as a writer and I, I love his work. And I don't think the hand of God is necessarily a lazy ending, by the way, like in the stand, because that's what a lot of people say. <laughs> like the hand of God saves ever, like, like, hey, it works and it, it fits with the book. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> that's a whole rant and I don't want to do it. Um, so Castle Rock is based on, um, you know, Stephen King's, uh, settings and characters that he's made, but they're, um, and it's, I think it's produced by J.J. Abrams. Um, and so it takes like all these characters, like that we know and love. Um, season two of Castle Rock is, uh, based around, um, Kathy Bates' character in Misery. Um, so it's kind of like we get to see a different side of this character because it's, you know, if you haven't seen or read Misery, well, I'm spoiling it for you. It's about, <laughs> it's about a, it's about this lady who's mentally unstable and she's obsessed with this writer and she basically beats him down so that she can take care of him, but then she just wants to beat him down because she's crazy. Um, that's the, the short and the long of it. But, uh, <laughs> so they're, they have brought her character into season two of Castle Rock and I just watched episode one last night and it was so good. It's not played by Kathy Bates, is it? Uh, no, no, it's played by, uh, Lizzie. Um, gosh, I can't remember her last name. Let me just Google this really quick. Um, she's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan. Okay. Uh, she's a very, very good actor. Uh, she was on, um, Freaks and Geeks back in the day. She was in Mean Girls, uh, uh, Cloverfield. She's, gosh, she's been in so much stuff. Now, now you see me two Masters of Sex, which was a great show. True Blood, which a lot of people might remember her from. And then she did, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> Just a, <laughs> Oh my God, that is like one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> she was, she was in that movie. Uh, but she's a great actress and just uh, her eyes tell like this incredible story. She has these beautiful eyes and she's, I'm telling you, man, just like watching her face is an acting class in, in and of itself. It's so good. So they found, and she uses like the intonation of the character from like Kathy Bates characters. Like you can tell she studied it and I don't know, man, I am stoked. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So stoked. And uh, the only problem with this one is that they only have one come out every uh, Wednesday. So I think there's two available right now. There's three. Oh, Dave's get, Dave told me there's three. I only got halfway through um, episode two, and then I started falling asleep and didn't want to miss anything. So I turned it off and went to bed <laughs> like a good little kid. Um, let's see. I've got a bunch of other stuff. You got to give me more of your – because my list will go on forever, and I'll never shut up. Oh, man. I, I don't even know. I, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've bought a couple of things lately. Um, they're older movies, uh, The Howling. And, <gasps> yes. Um, which is which is legitimately the greatest werewolf movie ever made. I will stand behind that statement uh, for the rest of my life. 
Um, and the, uh, the steel book version of that just came out. So basically if you don't know what steel books are, this is my current addiction and it's a problem for me already. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you're buying a Blu-ray essentially. Uh, but the steel book is a fancy metal case with, you know, usually some kind of fancy art on it, not just your standard, you know, movie poster slapped on the front of a, a Blu-ray. And, um, they're very, very cool looking. And, uh, I bought the howling just because I buy the howling. I have, I have it on VHS. I have it on, um, uh, uh, laser disc. I have it on Blu-ray. I have it on DVD. I even bought the, the, uh, what they call a picture disc, a video disc from, from way back in the day. I have all the versions. So I was like, oh, I'm going to buy the, the steel book of this thing. Cause it had a cool case on it. And, uh, it just started a, a, what is now, uh, a horrible addiction for me for buying these movies in these steel case things. And, uh, one of the recent ones I just got was the Omen, the original Omen, uh, which oh, I haven't seen in yes. a long time. And that's a fantastic old movie. I didn't even realize that was Richard Donner. I was reading the little book inside and I was like, Oh my God, this is a Richard Donner movie. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so those those two are are very recent for me. Um, again, old movies, but uh, I love them to death. And um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I like agree I said, my, on The Howling, yeah. by the way. Best oh, werewolf movie. And, and Dee Wallace is like my girl forever. She's brilliant. Yep. Yes. Love, she's love, fantastic. love her. She is, a, she is an absolute damsel in distress in this movie. So it's not like she's, you know, uh, Winona Earp or anything and really sort of taking control. But um she uh she's fantastic in the film it's got a great cast overall the 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 effects are practical effects the the um robert picardo changing scene uh mm-hmm. is is one of the greatest where it's it's slow but it's really detailed and and cool it's one of the coolest uh changes you'll ever see on film robert picardo you guys know him as the doctor from from voyager mm-hmm. uh, among other things um so that's pretty cool and uh, yeah, I love the movie. And in fact, I was I was working on pitching um, to do comic books for The Howling a, a number of years ago. And um, I, 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 the guy who had it at the time, uh, Katzenberg, who had the rights, was putting out the new remake of The Howling. I think it was called Reborn. Um, and uh, it came out, and it, 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 you know, it was okay. It was whatever. Um, but he actually had another script, and he was like, "Do you want to read the new script uh, for the for this movie?" And I was like, oh, "Yeah." So he actually <laughs> sent me the script. So I'm sitting on a script for for a new Howling movie. Um, but uh, the the rights have reverted to somebody else, so that script will never be made. So um, you know. It wow. is what it is, but, but the, uh, the, there are like nine howling movies, people make sure you get the howling yes. period, no extra numbers. And, uh, and you will love it. If you're, if you're a fan of horror and werewolves and, and fun eighties stuff, that is, uh, that is the top of the charts. It, yeah, it's definitely a classic and, and the omen as well. I mean, just yeah. another fantastic, you know, it's so sad. Cause like, you know, we look I most of the movies that I love, like that are the truly great horror films, were before like '95. Yep. Um, it's you know, and a lot of my favorites are from like the '70s and '80s. And uh, I mean, there's something wrong with that. I mean, heck, even before then. But it's just th- that was like the nice golden age of horror when it came to to movies. I feel like it was like the '70s and the '80s. Yeah. Very good. Well, a lot of that's a, a lot of entertainment just in general is is very uh, moment in time based. You know, if you're if you're born in the year 2000, you know, you're not getting horror movies until, you know, the 
the 20 teens for the most part. And so at that point, you're not going to know what the howling is. You're not going to know what the omen is. You're not going to know what these things are unless they're pop culture icons like, you know, Freddie and Jason, because they're, they're constantly being remade. Um, <laughs> so a lot of it is generational. It's just kind of where you started is what you're going to connect with. I find that happens with Godzilla all the time because there's three very distinct periods of time for Godzilla. And if you started in any of the the later two, it's very hard for those people to go back and enjoy the stuff from the sixties because it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's a little more dated, you know, than what you see in, in more of the modern movies. So, um, I, I still believe that these older movies are in fact better, uh, because everything that comes now is for the most part derivative of them. Um, and so hopefully some of these, these, uh, youngsters who think their horror is cool, um, will venture backwards at some point and, and, you know, kind of land on some of these older flicks because, uh, they're really, really good. Absolutely. They are. They're some of the best, uh, movies ever made in my opinion. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, like I said, I just went to this horror show in uh, in Rochester and, you know, they're all about all of this stuff. You know, it's 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 not just modern takes, um, but it's also definitely an audience group that uh, is, you know, 30s and up for the most part. I mean, there, there are some younger people, but for the most part, the bulk audience of that type of of um, genre uh, who, who understands what the old stuff is, um, is definitely thirties and up, you know, unless it's, uh, Rob zombie or something like that, the, the with his new movies, um, then you get a, a little bit of a younger audience. But, um, you know, when you tell somebody who watches Rob zombie movies that, you know, the howling is cool or the omen is cool. Sometimes that's just like, Oh, that's just old stuff, man. I know guys who can't watch black and white movies. doesn't matter how good the movie is. They're just like, Oh, it's black and white. Why is it black and white? I don't understand. Or they just <laughs> make it in color. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. We can't have, we can't be friends anymore. This is over. Discussion so, over. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I think a lot of it is generational and I can allow for that. But, um, what I can't allow for is, uh, just the total disregard of what came before. That's when I have a problem. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we're <laughs> we're running a, we're out of time here, but so I have a final question for you. Sure. Is there one movie that you like feel like you have to watch every Halloween? And it, or if there was a movie, what would it be? Um I I uh, that's that's a good question. I um I don't get too situational with my with my movies like I don't necessarily watch elf only at Christmas time and so right. on um, but I think that uh, I think that probably the answer to that would be Halloween um, I have the the big box set blu-ray thing of like one through eight uh, before they started the reboots and so when we get into we get into Halloween time and we start feeling the the horror vibes kind of all over the place um, I've always been a Halloween fan all the way through even the the weird sequels and stuff um, that's Season sort of, of my witch. guy yeah so uh, you know what it's an okay movie uh, it's not a Michael Myers movie we all know that but it's an okay movie on its own you know if you just kind of take it and put it out into the cloud and say, here's a horror movie about some guys who want to melt kids faces off. Um, it's a decent horror movie <laughs> for the, again, it's an eighties dated thing, but, uh, it's okay. Um, but, uh, but the rest of them, the Michael Myers stuff is, is always, uh, kind of at the top of my list. And, and like we just talked about the howling, those are sort of my, 
one uh, A and one B. Awesome. Good choices all around. Um, yeah. I watch horror all the time. So if for me, again, it isn't situational, but around Halloween, I always get this urge to watch Pumpkinhead. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I could have watched it like four months ago, but it's one of my favorite movies. And it's the one that I don't often go to. It's there are so many other movies that I would go to before this one, not because I like them more, just because I don't think of it. But for some reason, usually within like a month around Halloween, I start thinking about Pumpkinhead, and maybe it's because I'm seeing pumpkins <laughs> everywhere. Yes, <laughs> and I'm I like, would imagine so. Yes, yeah. so I'm like, man, I gotta watch Pumpkinhead. So I'm due for my yearly watch uh, here <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, um, there's, there's movies that uh, that cycle for me as well, but the, some of them, like uh, The Exorcist, was like my first real problematic horror experience um i was like i don't know 10 when i saw that movie oh on TV. no and, uh, and it wrecked me but i loved it but it wrecked me when, when we'll we'll talk about this another time because it there's actually a story behind it but i love the movie so much and um uh but it it even now at at the age of 40 blah, 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 um you know i <laughs> i have a hard time watching it uh i, I love what i'm seeing but it's it just, I don't know if it's just because it triggers the childhood memories or because it's legitimately a terrifying movie, but, uh, I love the exorcist and, and, uh, uh, it, it crushed me when I was a kid. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a pretty crushing movie. So yes, <laughs> I can see that. I did not see okay, that great. movie when I was that young, but thankfully, uh, <laughs> But even when I saw it for the first time as a teenager, I mean, it was, it, it scared me. So yeah, that's a, it's a good yeah, one. So that's that's the one. If if y'all have not seen The Exorcist, go out and buy it. Go out and rent it. There's still video stores. Go find it streaming somewhere. Oh yeah. Turn off all your lights. Stop talking to each other. Turn your phones off. Turn off your damn Focus. cell phones. <laughs> Focus, people. Focus. And uh, and watch The Exorcist. Uh, and you will not be the same when you're done. That is correct. Um, <laughs> and so before we go, um, how long is your, what, like, when is the cutoff date for your Kickstarter? Uh, Kickstarter ends November. Let me get an actual date. 20, <laughs> uh, November, is it the 20th? November 20th is the final day. November 20th is the final day. Yeah. So we, we've just started We're we're, we basically have four weeks left, uh, from, from, uh, yesterday. Awesome. Awesome. Plenty of, yeah, plenty of time to get involved. Uh, lots of easy goals. You know, you can spend as little as like 10 bucks and get a book, uh, that includes free shipping and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's, uh, just go to kickstarter.com, type in legend of Oz and you will find us and we'll, uh, we'll post that link up in the, another page turner, uh, Facebook page as well. If you guys want to follow us on Facebook, we have in another page turner, uh, Facebook page where we're going to start posting some content and links and things that we're up to as well. So please feel free to jump over there and join us. Yeah, absolutely. That's where all the fun's going to happen. Yep. Woo. <laughs> um, well, you know, actually we'll be recording before, uh, my last con of the year, but I'll be at Grand Rapids, uh, November 8th through the 10th. 
Um, so that's going to be fun. It's my first year uh, set up there. So been there before, but looking forward to uh, sharing. Um, I actually got my copies of Cafe Macabin, which is a all women horror anthology with art all by women writing all by women. It's fantastic published by source point press. So I will have copies available in Grand Rapids. And then I also will have Aeonian two available to the public, uh, not just my Kickstarter backers anymore. So yeah, lots of, lots of good, scary stuff. Uh, it'll be nice. a little after Halloween, but so what? <laughs> yep. And my last show of the year is going to be Akron comic con. It's November, uh, uh, what is it? November. It's the week. The first week in November, first through the third, is Akron Comic Con. It'll be my first time down there, and I will be there with Allison Lear. He'll be doing some cosplay with us, and uh, we'll have some. Uh, we'll have all of our books. We'll have some Antoinette there. We'll have some um, Princesses versus Zombies, and uh, we'll have a good time. Sounds great. Well, we'll see you guys back here in two weeks. This time, I promise, we're actually gonna. We're gonna do this. I swear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, until next time. Um, Be creative, keep kicking ass, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.